Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. Uh, this is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becco and my partner, Captain America. That's right. <laughs> Welcome, guys, to our second episode of Transdine Group. Um, in this episode, we are going to talk about the financials, management, and the valuation of this company. Um, exciting company, interesting company, uh, kind of a monopoly in this space. Uh, so if you guys, if you guys haven't checked out our first episode, do that before you come to this episode, that'll give you a little bit more background on trans time. Yeah. Uh, Hari, can you give us a disclaimer before we start? Yeah. This is the value investor TV podcast. This is, uh, we are here to educate you and entertain you on the, uh, finer points of value investing. We are not financial <laughs> advisors. We don't know your specific financial situation. So uh, before making any investment decisions, please consult with a uh, tax or financial advisor. Excellent. Har, right. you want to mention a few things about ha- housekeeping items? Yeah. So, um, you know, this, po- this uh, sp- particular episode, Transdime, was uh, mentioned to us or was asked by a listener to for us to review. Um, and you can, if you'd like to do that, you can send us an email, info at valueinvestor.org. Uh, we are happy to take uh, email, uh, uh, either questions or send you the checklist, which we have been using for the podcast. Um, the other choice um, is we are happy to announce that we are using, um, uh, Becco and I use Slack uh, um to uh, privately message each other. Uh, and if you'd like to get an invite to our private chat Slack channel, um, be happy to have you. And we'd be very excited um, because we can actually communicate with you all in real time. Um, so you can send us an email info at valueinvestor.org and we will send you an invite. Um, so, you know, that, um, you know, and, you know, as part of that, you're happy to ask questions. Um, hopefully we can start making this community more, um, you know, you know, bring you guys together and have you all um, make suggestions, uh, tell us, give us feedback and maybe even give us um, uh, discussion points for, you know, for the next episodes. So yeah. we want to make this as, as much about you guys and what you would like to see uh, rather than Becco and I coming up with uh, terrible ideas. Like, <laughs> like changing the intro from the on the previous episode. So, <laughs> we would like we would we would like our community to help us with our intro because I feel like we could do a better job there. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Hardy is doubtful, but yeah, I'll leave it up to you guys. <laughs> okay, so. In the last episode, we kind of walked through some of the business fundamentals of what Transdime does and their competitive advantage. Um, and if you haven't heard that episode, it, it's probably good to start with that one before we start talking about the financials. Um, and, you know, I think it's important that that you all understand, you know, when we go through the checklist, we don't look at the financials first. Um, you know, you can use the financials to kind of say this is a good company or a bad one just because of, you know, certain things. But the, the business itself is very important. Understanding what the company does, um, in the context of the financials tells you, you know, everything you need to know. A lot of people kind of, you know, segment them out as art and science where actually they're all together, right? And so, you know, we, we had talked about Transdime, you know, as a airplane, 
part manufacturer, but they were kind of the sole source provider of these particular parts. Um, and so when we look at this company, what we want to see from the financial aspect is any business that, you know, they may be the sole you know pro- provider of a particular item, right? My daughter is the sole provider of artwork for me, right? You know, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that that artwork is valuable, right? You know, I, I find it very valuable, but, you know, other people may not, right? Because she's only seven years old. Um, you know, so if you look at this company, you know, how, how good are they at translating their moat, which we thought was pretty significant, into high returns on capital? Yeah. So high returns on capital. Uh, if I could just look at my spreadsheet uh, really quick. And so one thing that I want to discuss here is their debt level. Um, I want to get your opinion on this. So their debt level is actually quite high. Mm-hmm. If you look at uh, so their debt in 2018, it's $18 billion, or sorry, not $18 billion, uh, $12.8 billion. Okay. Cash on hand, $2 billion. And free cash flow, about $900 million, $950 million. Okay. So their debt is quite high. So when we look at return on equity, return return on equity becomes negative because equity right now is negative. It's in the hole. Okay. So currently, if you look at their balance sheet, equity is negative one point eight billion dollars. Okay. So return on equity seemed like a you know, didn't seem like a best way given their high debt level. Sure. So I looked at return on asset and return on capital employed. Okay. So if you look at return on capital employed in 2018, it reached uh, 7.38% year years before that it was around 5%. So that's return on equity. If you look at return on capital employed, uh, for those of you who don't know what the formula formula is, uh, it's EBIT and the numerator divided by total asset minus current liability. Um, in 2018, it was 17%, and years before that, it was around there as well, 13 14%. Okay. So that's that's the ballpark we're talking about here. Return on capital employed, about 13 14%. Return on uh, asset, about 5 to 6%. Okay. So, I mean, from from that perspective, you know, we looked at this business, we saw a company that has a very powerful moat. But, you know, we I wouldn't call those numbers eye-popping as far as returns on capital, right? No. And that that seems to be a lot of that has to do with this $13 billion in debt that they have accumulated. Yes. Presumably for acquis- acquiring um, numerous companies, right? Yeah, absolutely. So... so- Go ahead. Just to, just a little bit more context on the debt level. So as I mentioned, their debt, they're saddled with about $13 billion in debt and their interest payment alone is six hundred and six six basically $650 million. So... And that's about 17% of revenue. Yeah. So it's a fairly significant chunk of their revenue is just being yeah. sent to service their debt. Yep. And that's not paying down any of it. It's just the interest on it. Yeah, so, just the interest payment. Yeah. So not, not you know, so there's clearly we have to look at, you know, uh, do a little bit more investigation here. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, so does the company have enough cash to maintain its business? I think you mentioned two billion um, in in debt, or I'm sorry, two billion in cash, twelve billion mm-hmm. in debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know. D- what do you think about that as far as being able to maintain their current business? I think being able to maintain their current business, I think it's an absolute yes. So they will be able to continue on this path. Uh, they have $2 billion in cash in terms of liquidity. They have, you know, credit facilities, uh, that, that allows them to extend their credit and, and provide for, for the needs of the business. I don't think that's a problem. Um, if you look at uh, free cash flow, they're generating generating about a billion dollars in ca- free cash flow. So, in in terms of your question, um, the company has enough cash to maintain its business. Yes. Okay, and we we'd already kind of discussed this. Do they have reasonable debt levels? And so, you know, the metric that we had used was um, three times free cash flow. Um, mm-hmm. And and what does that look like? Uh, yeah, I mean, debt level, long-term debt, about 13, a little shy over 13, 13 billion dollars and free cash flow of one, under 1 billion. So definitely, definitely above the 3x that we're looking for yeah. here. Some more color on the debt level, the current ratio, which is current asset divided by current liability, it's about four, four to three. I mean, it's been around, it's been around three to four. Okay. For the last several years. So plenty, um, pl- plenty of cash, uh, you know, or current assets uh, yeah. relative to their current uh, expenses. Yeah. So that's the, that's the current ratio, right? So that's, that's the kind of the immediate within a year kind of horizon. Yeah. If you look at debt to asset level, um, it's about one. Um, so debt divided by total asset, it's about one. Okay. Which is not, um, uh, you know, I mean, since their equity is negative, things become a little more complicated to, to measure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's look at um, the, uh, you know, they generate free cash flow, but is it enough, you know, given that they're basically going to have to spend, assuming there is no growth, they'd have to it'd take them 13 years to pay off their debt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they may have to do some financial gymnastics. It sounds like just to keep, uh, you know, refinance it, keep it going longer. Uh, it mm-hmm. may affect their ability to actually grow because they're going to have to, you know, borrow money to, at may potentially higher interest rates. Because, uh, you know, even though they have a strong moat, they're going to have to pay, continue to pay up on their interest payments. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think this debt is it is really hurting. Uh, their return on equity and return on on their capital as a whole and it's really saddling um free cash flow and everything else here um so this debt level is a major major thorn in the eye for me right now um okay well we've kind of we've talked a little bit about the financials but um you know, maybe we should look at the the management here and see if there's any other things that we would be concerned about. We were discussing management about for Transdime, and one of the things that we had, uh, you know, the the reason that we look at management is, you know, last week when we talked about Visa, we actually didn't really spend a whole lot of time with looking at management. Um, but it seems like management and their acquisition strategy 
you know, if they, if management makes a few bad decisions, it could have a huge impact on uh, the future prospects of this, of the company here. Um, and so management um, for here is actually a pretty big deal. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that we want to look at is what are the management incentives and are they incentivized to prioritize shareholder interests above their own? Yeah. I would say one of the things that, um, that I liked about their management is that, you know, we kind of trash talk dividend payments because in times like this, it's not really shareholder friendly because it's double taxed. Um, what I liked about Transime is that they do one-time special dividend. They don't do continuous dividend payments like many other many other of, of the companies out there. So they do one-time special dividends. Uh, so that's that's uh, that's pretty positive for me. Do you think that there's anything there, you know, as far as the management to protect shareholders? Right, you know, so. Giving out giving out dividends is a good thing if it's appropriately timed. Um, you know, when the the stock is expensive, that may be a good thing. But do you feel like there's anything that we would say is a, um, you know, that management is in a has a different uh, share structure that you know could pot- potentially put their interests, uh, not align their interests with that that of the shareholder. Yeah. So I, so that's that's the part that. Um that I need to do more investigation on is the, the, um, the share class. Mm-hmm. I read it's escaping me, but, um, there were, there were a few places that I, that I found where I, I needed to investigate a bit further, but I didn't have time to, but, uh, there might be, um, it, it might be a case where the share structures are dual share structures with one having great, greater uh the um, voting rights um so that that could be an issue here um one thing i also uh didn't investigate is the um the incentive structure usually it's you know it's tied to revenue and some some sort of return on equity return on asset or some kind of um performance measurement like that mm-hmm. um i didn't really look into that one um for transdime group okay well, we'll we'll uh, move on then to you know talking about more about uh, you know we talked about dividends. Uh, have they done any share buybacks as far as returning capital back to the shareholders? Yeah, they do. Um, they do buybacks um, on and off. Um, so in, in 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 some instances, that actually they would actually raise money through uh, through. Their share offerings, um, but um, they do buy back some shares. For example, in two thousand, let me see, yeah, two thousand seventeen, um, they spent about three hundred millions commons uh, stock purchase. In two thousand eighteen, uh, they made money, so they issued stocks um, and and made about uh, fifty seven million dollars. Um, and all all this information is available in free cash flow statement. For those of you who are interested, um, so it's it's kind of on and off. Uh, what we want to, you know, kind of going back to our our episode on share cannibals, what we want to look at is for a business that's generating you know, tremendous cash flow, we want to look at companies that are actually buying back shares in a opportunistic but in a kind of conservative uh, and persistent persistent fashion. And you know, I don't I don't see that here. Um, what they're spending a lot of money on is buying companies. Um, 
so they, they've been on shopping spree for for some time now starting in at least in the 10k that i looked at um in two, starting in 2000 uh, 2013 uh, uh they started with a, a company called airborne and then in 2018 they bought about three companies and they're right now uh, 2019 uh, they they acquired a, a big company um uh, for about four four billion dollars um so i think that's their strategy um instead of returning money to shareholders they see more room to grow so that's why they're uh you know going on uh, on on uh, on shopping spree and buying all these different companies yeah and for you know we had talked about um capital allocation you know in previous episodes and how proper capital allocation is if you find businesses to buy that may be the best use of your money because you can continue to expand your moat uh, and get higher returns on capital. Um, in that case, it's actually better than paying a dividend or doing a share buyback. But ultimately, the problem here is that, um, you know, because of their debt level, buying up more companies may not be the best use of capital, right? And that's that's kind of a, you know, it's it's murky here because what we're looking at is a company that has... Uh, has some good, uh, you know, principles behind it. You know, they have a, a solid business, um, but may ultimately lose all of their money because of, you know, their debt. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of a concerning problem here to me, you know, listening to this and how much jet cash they generate and, and so on, you know, and they're, they're, they're buying larger and larger, uh, things and trying to digest a, you know, a whole cow. Um, you know, it, it could become a potential problem. So, uh, yeah. So let's let's actually keep going and look at um, our valuation here before we make you know any decisions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, c- kind of walk us through what your assumptions were as far as growth and uh, sure. You know, w- you know, and and I guess the first question is knowing what we've talked about. You know, do you feel comfortable even estimating cash flows going forward? I think estimation of cash flow is is doable. I think I think there is a level of predictability here, okay. um, but but kind of to your point, it's really it's really this debt level that I'm mostly concerned about, and I want to I want to add more color to our discussion here. Um, as I said before, their debt level at the end of 2018 uh, was 13 billion, about 13 billion dollars, a little less, 12.8 billion dollars. Uh, if you look at their, if you look at the long-term debt level growth, compounded annual growth rate, three years it went up thirteen percent. Over five years, it went up seventeen percent. This is compounded annual growth rate, so this is growing every year at seventeen percent. If you look at ten years, it's been growing at twenty-five twenty-five percent. So, which which uh, metric is growing at twenty-five percent? Uh, long-term oh, debt. The debt is actually growing at twenty-five percent. Yeah, the debt is growing at the debt grew at twenty-five percent. If you look at compounded annual growth rate over the past ten years. Okay. Um, and a little bit more color on that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think, yeah, this this is I I did I did kind of two versions of valuation. If if we were to say that in the future without this whole debt level what what would the value be and with and with it what would it be 
I, I looked at two different scenarios and we can talk about that uh, in a bit. Okay. Well, so let's walk through your assumptions now and, and tell us what you think, um, uh, you know, future growth rates and, you know, what, what valuation are you coming to? Yeah. So let's look at, if you look at free cash flow growth rate over the past three years, five years, 10 years, uh, it's about 26% for the past three years, 16% for the five past five years, and uh, 10 years is about 18%. Okay. So the free free cash flow growth is quite, quite robust. Yep. So given that, um, I made a conservative estimate of 14% for the next one to three years, and then next uh, four to six, 10, and then seven to eight, 10. Okay. So 14, 10, and 10. And like we always do, we use just discount rate of 10%. And given the initial free cash flow of about $946 million and, sh- and then debt level as well as cash, um, I looked at that and the intrinsic value um, is around, is around $187 per share. Right now it's trading at uh, about 520. Okay. So, that's this is this is not this is not subtracting its debt or or adding cash. Okay. I'm just looking at free cash flow projection into the future. So not taking into account its debt level and and its and its cash. All right. If you did take into account the debt level, what what would that look like? So here what I'm doing is I am summing up the future cash and then I am subtracting uh, debt and then adding cash. That actually leads to a negative six dollars. So, you know the uh, so it sounds like the debt level here is a big problem, right? It it's, it's <laughs> existential problem. I yeah, say. I mean, I I don't think it's necessarily going to wipe them out, but they're going to end up having to make asset sales or do something to service it. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a big problem yeah. because, uh, you know, ultimately they're going to have to pay it off. I don't know what the, the terms of their debt covenants are, uh, you know, when that mm-hmm. money is due and, you know, and so on. So, I mean, they may be able to do some magic to make it happen. Right. Um, and if it's, you know, if it's a very long term bond, they may be able to uh, pay for it over a long period of time, uh, and then, uh, you know, reduce it. But, it's certainly worrisome, right? I mean, if if we're looking at a, a company uh, yeah. that had zero debt and it's only worth a hundred and uh, what was it, one hundred and eighty dollars a share, mm-hmm. yeah, we would yeah. want to be buying this under a hundred dollars a share. Um, but that's that's mm-hmm. with no debt, and this the debt level is kind of wiping out any calculation of value that we can do. Yeah, that that's with that's with no debt, but debt included in the free cash yeah. flow with interest payments. So here's something that I did. I said, okay, let's forget about debt altogether. Somehow, magically, you know, they had $12 billion lying around. They found something, whatever, and they were able to wipe out their debt altogether completely. So no interest payment, no debt level, clean balance sheet, clean uh, income statement with no interest payment. What would that look like? If you do the same, if you assume the same growth rate, as we did before, same discount rate, the intrinsic value would actually go up to $318. 
So right now, as I said again, as I said before, it's trading at $518 per share. So at that point, it becomes a little bit more reasonable right? Um, to kind of think about this as a potential, you know, as a potential play, play for a value investor. Right. Um, but if you look at debt level, it's just, um, I've never actually seen this happen to me, like intrinsic value going to negative. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it can happen certainly with a lot of debt. I, I think what, what the elephant in the room here is always going to be is if you have that amount of debt, the end, you know, it, it's going to take a somewhat significant effort to, you know, to get rid of it. And in doing so, you're going to probably change the nature of the business, right? So any analysis yeah. that we're going to do, <clears throat> you know, Becco and I not being insiders in the company, not being the executive or the management team, you know, what would we have to sell off? What would we have to cut back on? What would we have to, ch- you know, change in order for this to, you know, to go on in the future, right? And so uh, ultimately, this is, I think this is going to affect the, you know, if there were no debt here, this thing was still expensive, Right. You're paying, you're giving up, you know, two thirds of your, um, your current net income is being, uh, paid out as debt right now, you know, or interest mm-hmm. payment. <clears throat> so there's, a, th- yeah, there's a cra- fairly significant, yeah. you know, you know, drag on earnings right now just because of the debt level. Yeah. I mean, just to reiterate the numbers here, um, be a long-term debt, as I said, about thirteen billion dollars. Interest payment on that is about twenty, about twenty percent, less than twenty percent, seventeen percent of the revenue is going into paying for interest payment. And if you look at free cash flow right now, it's about you know about a billion dollars. If you didn't have that, it would be one point six billion dollars. So think about the difference yeah, there I, with debt and no yeah, debt. Yeah, I, I think the the fact that the you have negative equity kind of tells you the whole story, right? Is that if I yeah. buy this stock, I basically owe money, you know, as an, as an owner, I, <laughs> I owe, I, I don't, there is no asset here, right? My asset minus liability yeah. is negative. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, something has to give. And I think when that happens, the stock price will change. Now, it would be interesting to see what happens in, you know, when the, when the debt, you know, finally gets sorted out, what does this company look like? Um, you know, because they've, they've bought some fairly significant assets. Uh, and, you know, they've recently announced that they're divesting of certain things, you know, from their acquisitions for cash. So they're trying to make, you know, get, get some uh, available cash to service debt, it sounds like. Um, and with only two billion in net cash, you know, cash on the books, they still have to come up with another 10 billion or so, right? To, yeah. To, you know, to get this down. So, yeah. Exactly. And that 10 billion, if they don't come up with some other, you know, some, some way, uh, if they think that they could pay it off with free cash flow, I don't think they are, but let's just assume that, you know, that's, that's where we get the negative intrinsic value. Even, even with 10 years of, of projection with the growth rate that we assign 14% and 10%, you won't be able to pay it off. That's why you have the negative intrinsic value there. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting case study of how debt could really saddle a, a great company. Yeah. Really, I mean, going back to episode one, we talked about how their competitive advantage was, you know, kind of impenetrable because they were selling multiple parts, 
where they were the only providers in the space. You know, this, uh, this, this seemed like a, like a great, great company where, you know, Warren Buffett of sorts, you know, people of that, of that kind of orientation would purchase. But if you look at their financials, their debt level is, it's what, it's what, it's what is really saddling the company. And not to say that, you know, debt is, is a bad thing. You know, debt is, is a great thing if you can use it in the right way, you know, at the right time for the right things, right purpose. But excessive debt level is what kills the company. And something that I want to do as a follow up is, you know, I haven't looked into the management's incentive structure, but I really wonder what that looks like. Well, you know? yeah, I wonder if it has something to do with revenue or, you know, and so the way to grow revenue is to just keep acquiring businesses, right? Um, yeah. But I, I think the bigger, you know, thing here is if you bought this company for a dollar, right? The whole company was sold to you for a dollar. You still owe $12 billion, right? You know, <laughs> You know, $13 billion basically is what you're going to have to pay as the floor for this company, right? If they have negative equity, let's say that they go bankrupt, you know, your equity is going to be wiped out for sure, right? To to service creditors Mm -hmm. and this company would get broken up and the assets would get sold to pay off, you know, to to pay off the uh, creditors, right? To, to, you know, to, you know, to satisfy the, the debt. It's mm-hmm. it's a big problem, right? Is that you have there is no asset here relative to the liability. And so, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, this the book value of a company, you know, for these heavy ma- you know, for for certain companies, it's kind of like an academic exercise. For tech companies, yeah, but for a heavy manufacturing uh, you know, uh business, their assets are not, you know, um you know, if they sold off, yeah, Fungible. if they sold off the assets here, it's not enough. Now there is some intangible assets they have with patents and things like that, but they're not on the balance sheet. And, um, you know, maybe there is a significant amount of value there, um, that you could, you could sell to another business, um, you know, to, to pay things down. But I would be very concerned, yeah. here, you know, as, as a shareholder, um, the, the price is just way too expensive regardless of the financial structure. And then on top of that, you have an enormous amount of debt that you have to you have to service. So, mm-hmm. one thing I want to also point out is, you know, we talked about assets, um, and you know how the the equity is negative. Yep. Um, but actually, if you look at assets, goodwill is six billion. Yeah. So, and total total asset is twelve billion. So you're talking about actual asset. Of twelve billion or six billion. Yeah, and that's so that's all the assets that they've paid. Goodwill is the price that they've paid over book value for, you know, companies, uh, which tells you that, um, I mean, is the intangible asset there the six billion? You know, the patents is it worth six billion dollars? Hard to say, right? Um, you know, I, I but I do think that there's there's a debt here that is going to, you know, it's, it's going to have. I just want to yeah. make. I just want to, one one more clarification. So the total intangible asset is eight billion, and goodwill is six point two billion of that eight okay. billion. Yeah, but it, it, I think either I think way, fundamentally, the point remains. Um, you know, they've over they've paid over book value for certain things. You're seeing an asset here. Their assets are significantly under you know the value of the thing. Six billion dollars cannot get liquidated 
you know, in goodwill, right? Uh, to pay off creditors and things like that. You know, maybe there are some patents, there's uh, some manufacturing processes, things like that that they can sell. But I, I would be very concerned here. Um, and especially since you're way, you know, they're tr- trading at, you know, five times what we would consider a reasonable valuation for them with no debt. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, I think it's a really interesting case study here, as we talked yeah. about earlier, with great company, uh, great moat, and the financial structure, the financial organization uh, is a is a major dent in this whole uh company all right well yeah um i think uh you know that brings us to the end of the episode um you know as we announced at the beginning um if you're interested in getting access to the checklist you can send us an email info at valueinvestor.org or send us questions or comments about transdime or any other company that you'd like us to review um also, if you're interested in uh, joining our private uh, Slack community, uh, you can send us an email um, and we will be happy to send you an invite. Yeah, I guess um, just a really quick comment on the Slack. For those of you who don't know what the Slack is, it's just a messaging board where people can come on and message each other privately and also amongst each other as a group. Um, uh, so please please send us uh, your email and be, be part of the community i think this will be really helpful for us but also for the whole community of listeners um you guys can exchange ideas about value investing you guys can exchange um articles that are relevant um things of that sort and also have great input into what we discuss on this podcast uh we would like we would like uh to be as 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 community oriented as possible uh, so please send us an email um, to join the Slack, uh, Slack channel. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thanks a lot for tuning in, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks. Thank you.